It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Let's go. Hove! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hove! You are not Hope. ready. Unstoppable. Dynasty. Young Hope. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler. I just uh. want you to know. Hope. Gotta let you know. It ain't where I've been. Uh-huh. It ain't oh. where I've been. But where I'm oh. about to go. Top of the world. Young Hope. Now, I just want to love you. Just want to love but you. be who I am. You know you love me. Uh. And with Hope. all this cash. Uh-huh. More money, more problems. You forget your man. Now give it to me. Uh-huh. Give me that funk, that, that sweet, that, that nasty, that, that gushy uh, stuff. But don't bullshit me. Come on. Give, give me that, that funk, that uh, sweet, that yeah. nasty, oh, that gushy yeah. stuff. When the Remy's in the system, ain't no telling when I fuck them when I diss them. That's what they be yelling. I'm a pimp by blood, not relation. Y'all be chased on, I'll replace them, huh? Drunk on Chris, mommy on E. Can't keep a little model hands off me. Both in the club, high singing off key. And I wish I never met her. It gets better, ordered another round It's about to go down Got six model chicks, six bottles of Chris Four Belvedere's, got weed everywhere What do you say, me, you and your Chloe glasses Go somewhere private where we could discuss fashion Like Prada blouse, Gucci bra Okay, built more jeans, take that off Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff But don't bullshit me Come on, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff But don't bullshit me Mama, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff Save the narrative, you saving it for marriage uh-uh. Let's keep it real, ma, you saving it for carrots uh-huh. You wanna see how far I'ma go, how much I'ma spend But you already know Zip zero, stingy with the Niro Might buy you crisp, but that about it Might light your wrist, but that about it Fuck it, I might wipe you and buy your nice whips Mom, but you really gotta ride nice dick Know how to work your hips and your hair's priceless Professional love the hove and I never let you down Get you bling like the Neptune sound Okay, hot hole, too hot to hold Ladies love me long time like two pop soul Only way to roll, jiggering two ladies, too cold Motorola two-way pace Give it to me, 
Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Come on, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Mama, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, um, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable, and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Folks, I too would like to start this week by apologizing to you. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Monday episode. Uh, that, of course, was Will Smith apologizing to Chris Rock. And, of course, we got that illegal audio because in no way did he release this for public consumption. JK, this was uploaded to YouTube on Friday. Will Smith, our greatest YouTuber ever, has mastered the art of the apology YouTube video. Now, we talk about this with Sophie later. And by the way, Sophie was not having this Will Smith uh, discourse. She's tired of it, by the way. And so many people are tired of it. I am still uniquely fascinated by this because I believe... And this is just me. I don't know if you guys feel this way, nor do you have to feel this way. I feel like this centers around a lot of pop culture, especially in 2022. I think that is the year that we are in, right? Yeah, 2022, because everything is so pressurized now. You know, even these award shows, the Oscars. I mean, this wasn't the Blockbuster Video Awards. This wasn't the MTV Movie Award, whatever the crap these stupid award shows are. This this was the Oscars. And Will Smith, somebody that we grew up with, somebody that is, you know, considered uh, just a genius of an actor and, and kind of seemed like a gem of a person, got up during a nationally televised broadcast and smack, like really full-handed smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. And to me, what was interesting about that is that it just really spilled over into reality television for me. Was that like, wow, all bets are off at this point. 
there is like, I, and I'm desensitized. I mean, we've talked about that many times. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that happened. Sure. And then you're like going back, you're like, wait a sec, did that just happen? And why did I almost think that was like normal? Like that was like, LOL, ha <laughs> you know, like you should expect to, to get assaulted potentially by, you know, imagine if Tom Hanks came up and kicked Meryl Streep's ass. I mean, we'd be talking about it still. I do also find it fascinating. Apologies. And I bring this up because we do, like I said, talk about it with Sophie later and, and we kind of glaze over it. But I wanted to start this because, listen, if you are a listener of the show, you know how much I think about apologies. I apologize all the time. I mean, I lead conversations with I'm sorry before I even know I've done anything. It's just weird. It's like it's part of this Catholic thing I have, and I'm always insecure about things. So I always assume that I owe everybody an apology. So I do want to blanket apologize to you guys. You guys the most. You have to listen to all this stuff all the time. Thank you, but I'm sorry. But... Chris Rock said this thing, and listen, I'm not saying that Chris Rock is completely in the right. You know, it was a bad joke, a G.I. Jane joke in the year of our Lord, 2022. Are you kidding me? But he said something that I found interesting. He said, you know, if everybody can't be a victim, there actually has to be victims sometimes. And in this, it's like I feel like we blur the line so much in our own lives, but it starts with pop culture and kind of trickles down, I think, is that everybody's the victim, right? Think about how you watch reality TV. Think about even Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, you know, you saw behavior like Dorinda getting shit-canned on a daily basis, or Brandy Glanfill for that matter. Uh, housewives that, I, I mean, I adore Dorinda. I love Dorinda. But then when she was called on her behavior, she'd apologize a little. But at the end of the day, she would then kind of potentially throw out musings that she was the real victim in certain ways. This was her house. This was stressful. People were being disrespectful. All of that stuff. And I always think that's interesting in today's day and age, how we do not. Um, it's hard for us to truly apologize. It's hard for us to feel um, truly sorry for something because... There's always reasons why we do the things we do, right? I know this is starting off really deep and intense, but I'm a really deep and intense mood. And I want to warn everybody that this week might be a little dodgy for me just because, uh, you know, my mom's going in for surgery on Wednesday and I'm a little just so I'm pissy. I'm in a bad mood. I, I'll be honest with you guys. It's not it's not you. I'm sorry. It's not you. Uh, but it is me. I'm there's just some anger in me right now. And I wanted to be honest with you as we open up the show. Believe me, there are still a lot of laughs and there will be because I just, uh, I think I'm legitimately a funny person to laugh at. <laughs> um, but, you know, you take those like Dorinda and, and personal responsibility and stuff like that is that, you know, you see then this Will Smith video, a five minute video on YouTube, you guys. And he says, okay, Chris is not ready. But Will's ready. Will wants us to know. Will needs us to know. Will needs to show his face three months after, you know, and it's on a set. I mean, by the way, kudos that he didn't do uh, this on the Red Table Talk set, like which would have been kind of iconic. And I really would love to have known Jada Pinkett Smith's involvement in the apology video. Like, did she give him 
any kind of restrictions? Did she say, I'd prefer for this to be on Red Table Talk, but if you're going to puss out and not do Red Table Talk, then I need you to do this, this, and this, and I need it to be on this set. Because even the set is interesting. You had uh, Jaden, his son, who's a very interesting character. His water company uh, had a little product placement to the right of Will Smith. Will was wearing a W hat, the Will Smith hat, so that was interesting. Um, But... I mean, literally, I was hoping that, you know, it started off in black and white and it says, it's been a minute. This is in text. Over the last few months, I've been doing a lot of thinking and personal work. Perfect. Great. Amazing. I love it. You asked a lot of fair questions that I wanted to take some time to answer. So this is done in text. And then he walks into frame, sits down, and that's just from a side camera. Then we get hit with a front-facing uh, a camera right on Will. And the first question is, why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? And he said, I was totally zoned out, you know, which is totally my, my, my thing though, is if, if you've spent this time, you know, we've seen pictures of Will Smith, like, didn't he, wasn't he at like the Taj Mahal? Wasn't he at like all these kind of sacred religious, religious sites? I mean, I think he kept, like, kept popping up like Bigfoot, but it would be like, you know, at the tomb of, you know, he was in Jerusalem. Like, you know, like, all of these things. And I'm sure this dude, he seems like a really good dude. And I'm sure he's extremely sorry. But my thing is when your ego gets involved, and this is another thing that I related to housewives and reality shows, your ego gets involved because you can't accept that you made this mistake is that you've reached out to Chris. Why can't he accept this? Well, he can't talk yet, but I need to get back out there. So in the reality of it, it doesn't really seem to me like he needs to apologize to Chris. It's more like he wants us to apologize to us. He wants to make sure everything is okay with us and that he can continue on as big as he ever was. Now, I don't think this is cancel culture at play because if it is, you know, he wouldn't be working and we already know he has like a $35 million next picture deal that has not been canceled at all. Um, But I find this interesting because we are in this world of podcasts, YouTube, TikTok, all of these things. And I mean, I firmly believe you will hear an apology podcast from me at some point. If not, I've probably already done it. Um, I don't know. I wanted to start here because it's so interesting to me. And I'm still kind of processing why it's interesting. But I think it really trickles down into so much is that I used to find pop culture and my love of reality shows in ways like this kind of safety net. And I think that's kind of been slowly taken away over these last couple of years for so many reasons. I mean, pandemic, political, all of these things. And these things that were a safe haven for us, you know, are kind of slipped, stripped away and everything seems to be chaotic at points. You know, there's still things that we can completely laugh about, and I do on a daily basis. But there is this fear that sets in on me sometimes, or like, where are we going with this? Now, let me lead this, and you're going to love this, guys. Uh, I've been ranting and raving about Love Island UK. Now, I uh, this is probably attributed to my pissy mood, but I've watched way too much Love Island UK this uh, weekend. I got a VPN so I could watch two weeks ahead. 
And tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, they are airing the season finale in the UK of Love Island. And I will finally be free from the shackles of Love Island. But I have grown to love this show so dearly. But nobody should be watching 20 20 episodes of anything in one weekend. I truly am starting to speak in an accent. I'm I'm like, I got text. I got text. Can I pull you for a chit chat? You know, you know what I mean? You know, like all this verbiage and I'm taking things too personally. I've now fixated on this cast of characters that I wish you guys knew. I wish you knew who they were because I just want to talk about it nonstop. But that's okay. Next next year, I'm going to get everybody into it and we're going to do it together as a family. But I wanted to point out one thing that I found interesting in Love Island. And this, to a degree, takes place on Big Brother and the Bachelor franchise as well. And I posted this on my Instagram at like 10 when I was trying to watch the final episode. I was trying to finish it before I recorded. And um, is that they only let them have two drinks per day. And they don't really say that. I mean, you see them popping champagne bottles a lot, but they're like, you know, you can tell it's like water or something. They don't make a big deal out of it. And here's what's interesting for me as a viewer. When I first started watching this and I found out that they are not allowed to get shit canned wasted... Guess what my reaction was? This is so sad. My reaction was, oh, no, that's stupid. Well, I want to see him get stupid. I want to see him get messy. I want to see him get messed up. I want to see him be Dorinda. I want to see him be Brandy. I want to see him. You know what I'm saying? That was my initial reaction. I was like, well, why am I going to watch this? Well, this is stupid. I can't watch him like freely get shit canned wasted and be stupid. And like, and, uh. I guess you used to be able to drink on the first couple of seasons of Love Island, and it was insane. And trigger warning, it actually led to uh, to suicides on the Love Island UK show. And they put a stop to that, thank God, because mental health is a huge part of reality shows that I think you're going to hear about more and more and more as we get further into having a history with us in terms of reality shows, because you're setting up this kind of bubble environment in a lot of reality shows. You you could even say that with Ultimate Girls Trip is the bubble was Bluestone Manor, right? And with Love Island, it's even more intense because they ship them off to an island and it's just these people for 60 days or however long it is every day. And that's it. That's all the people they have in contact with are the like eight or nine other people in the house. And there is one person that left for mental health reasons during this season of Love Island. And I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to say the name, I guess. But if you guys have been watching, you know what I mean. And it was really like you never heard this guy's name again. And I've been so fascinated to like really know the real reason and what led to him getting out of there. But I did read an article from him uh, saying about his first nights off. And they kept him, you guys, in a facility to be viewed, watched for the first couple of days just to make sure he didn't hurt himself or he was okay. And they had took away his TV. They know they took away his phone and his computer. So he could not watch, he could not look up what they were saying about the show, but he found a way in this interview. He said he found a way through the TV to, uh, to log on to some kind of computer website through the television. And he found out what people were saying about him. And he said that made everything so much worse. Imagine, imagine being in a pressurized situation and you're just dealing with the people in that situation in the reality show and then coming out and then realizing thousands of people have an opinion about you and most of them negative. And then on top of it, calling you a pussy because you left. And uh, and then he had to watch the girl that he was being involved with in Love Island immediately two days later start to open up to this new guy 
and fall in love with this new guy. And this guy left saying, hey, I'm going to, I want to be my best and I'm not at my best in here, but I'm going to wait for you. And I cannot wait to be with you on the outside. And within two days, that was completely destroyed. (laughs) I mean, I laugh, but it's like, I mean, that's my worst nightmare. Isn't that our worst nightmares? I mean, that to me, imagine your worst situation as a human being being televised. Imagine the loves that you have lost in your lives. And I don't mean death or anything like that, but just truly breakups that you didn't want to happen. Imagine all of it being televised so you could go back and like watch it and all your friends would see it too. Imagine what kind of mental health toll that takes on it. Now, my question to you, and I know this is long-winded, but welcome to So Bad It's Good, baby. That's what this is, is my question is, Would you, and a lot of people have already expressed very negative responses to this, is would you be okay? So they limit two drinks per, um, and they do this on The Bachelor too, because there was a situation, remember, on The Bachelor, where there was a woman uh, allegedly taken advantage of while they were wasted, and, you know, trigger warning, there were rape uh, allegations or accusations. This was a couple, gosh, was this, like five years ago on The Bachelor franchise? And you guys know what I'm talking about, but um, for fans of that show. And then they switched after that to, you know, only having you know, a couple drinks a night. And when we had, uh, we've had a couple of bachelor people on this podcast and they've said, yeah, they're very strict about it. They, and I, and I said, Oh man, that's, that sucks. One of my favorite scenes of the show were when the guys would start drinking when they got to the mansion and trying to impress the girl. And by the end you'd have two just so shit canned that they, by the way, I am sorry, like Will Smith that I keep using the word shit canned. Um, that's an Arizona state university word, baby. Uh, but they, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that there would be people in charge at The Bachelor to make sure that you did not have more than those allotted amount of drinks. I mean, talk about your weird part-time jobs. So my question to you is, would we ever consider instituting a policy like this for the Real Housewives of Orange County? Not, or Real House, any of the Real Housewives, just Orange County. No, like any of them. Would we consider that? Because you got to think that Bravo has had to think about this in some capacity. And now I know what you're thinking. Oh, I wouldn't want to watch Summer House like that or Vanderpump Rules. Are you kidding me? And I'm right there with you. So many amazing moments in reality show history and specifically Bravo have been because of alcohol and, you know, <coughs> drugs. <clears throat> um, but, you know, like they, we, we can't deny. I mean, all these things that we've even celebrated Dorinda for and housewives like that have been because of inebriation. But how many times will that happen? Do we at a certain point stop finding that entertaining? And I think during Ultimate Girls Trip and in the last season of New York, we we thought that about Dorinda a little bit of like, okay, it's getting just angry now and I'm getting a little worried. How much of these shows should spurn audiences worry? Should they be fully escapism? And and my thing is, no, they shouldn't be fully escapism. But some people, they want that. And some people, this gets way too dark for them. Now, I'm all for darkness. You guys know that. But my thing is, could that be an Ultimate Girls Trip? You know, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, Sober House. You know, like Leah McSweeney, by the way, which we're going to talk about in a second, on Season 3, which uh, they're filming right now. She's sober. So they went to Thailand, and she is not drinking there, but all the rest of the ladies were. I'm very curious about that. And also, I'm curious about my relationship with alcohol and the audience's relationship with alcohol. What I will say is that I still found, 
after I shook off that initial disappointed that they could disappointment that Love Islanders couldn't get shit canned, I found myself really enjoying the show. I found myself still enjoying this. And I was like, oh, my God, why am I enjoying this? They're not like what a weird thing for me to like kind of go like, oh, it's not cool unless I can see people get hammered. And that's something that I would have to I have to deal with myself. But it was kind of uh, an interesting thought that I was very aware of because I was like, man, I'm so into this show. I don't know if it's just because it's daily and I got wrapped up in these people's lives and it is nice. And it's it's what I love, you guys. It's what I talk about and and is one of my biggest joys is the community aspect of these shows. With Love Island, I think it's cool. There is like this whole, you know, it's 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 like when you find out your best friend loves the housewives and you never knew it. Because then you can speak like a secret language. And it's community like anything else. And usually the reality of show community is pretty damn cool. Um, (laughs) Pretty damn cool. Um, But they are. Like, they're really cool people that you – and it's one of those things when you – it's like that that thing I talk about with like a good book. When you get hooked into that book and you don't want to put it down. I love when reality shows get like that. And this season of Love Island, even though people say it was not the best, I loved it. Like I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. What a neat – I love uh, getting introduced to something new and then having it kind of like switch where you're like, oh – I'm obsessed about this. This is what I love about fandom. We were talking about fandom last week in terms of musical artists and those bands that you followed since you were kids and they never, you never stop. And like the housewives are like that for me too. You know, I'm never, you know, no matter how shitty seasons get, I'm always going to be there. But uh, I found it really exciting, the fan aspect of this as well. And uh, I know you guys that have seen Love Island are are with that as well. So I'm very excited. Just also, do you ever like something so much that you're like, I just, there's a sadness to it, right? It's like a finale or like the, the, the fourth episode of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Four episodes was way too much. Um, but uh, you're sad on that because you're like, what am I going to do next Wednesday? What am I going to do? What I, I'm used to talking about these people every day. I'm used to thinking about these people every day. And there's that kind of sadness of, well, what do I do? What do they, or do they just stop being people after tomorrow? I hope so, because I need to know what's going on in their lives. And you realize that's a very unhealthy thought. So then there's that other thought that goes through your head. And I think a lot of us reality show viewers and pop culture lovers think this is like, okay, good. I'm glad it's over. I need to get back to a regular headspace. This, this is not healthy. I can't do this another weekend. I cannot, I cannot do this another weekend. You know, I can't just like, just stay indoor. Oh, by the way, I fully can. And, you know, but I don't want to, I want to get out there and hike and, you know, even listen, I want to go. I even want to go out and see a movie. I want to leave my, my screen from my bed, my TV screen to go outside to a movie screen. To me, that is even progress, you know, <laughs> I don't know. These are all questions I've been thinking about. So I have to talk to you guys. That's the only, that's the, one of the good things about having a pod is that I can talk to you guys about it. Now, I just mentioned Leah McSweeney and let's get on to a news story that happened after me and Sophie spoke today. Fascinating uh, news story. <laughs> so Bravo by Gaze put this up this afternoon and it says, uh, Leah McSweeney has reportedly been banned from Thailand after her actions on Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3. She was forcibly escorted off the set of Ultimate Girls Trip 3 and was sent home early. Now get this, get why she was sent home. After she threw elephant dung at a castmate. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> Me personally, I would want to throw Ramona dung. I mean, I now that that's when you want Ramona on an ultimate girls trip. Like, I mean, if dung's involved, I mean, this girl. So now this is what I always talk about because this seems ridiculous. First off, does Thailand? I mean, I know Thailand probably has very strict laws, but is elephant dung throwing like one of the laws? Like, is that a, the law of the Thailand land? Like, you cannot, like, abs- like are the, do we get to see them? Like, do they go through a boot camp where they're like, above all, nobody throw the elephant dung. I'm serious, especially you, Leah. And, I mean, listen, Leah goes on to say in the comment section said, this would have been iconic. I'm so sad it didn't happen. Crying laughing emoji. Sorry to disappoint. And I love that we are in a day and age, too, where I'm like, should we believe Leah, the person that it's about? Should we should we believe this? And part of me, it's it's like that thing with the alcohol. Part of me wants to believe this because how iconic would that be if all of a sudden somebody's throwing elephant dung? I mean, what if like what if what if Leah throws elephant dung at Heather Gay? I mean, truly, that would be an iconic scene. And I love that. I'm disappointed that Leah says it's not true. So we will have to see, but this is the kind of excitement I'm talking about. I mean, throwing elephant, I just didn't realize throwing elephant dung was an actual issue. Like it was, it was, it was something bad. Cause to me, it sounds foul and gross, but it doesn't sound illegal. <laughs> Maybe that's, can you throw dung in America? I mean, is that, is that's probably one of the positive things about America. I think we have a no, we have a, like a full throwing dung policy where it's fully acceptable to throw dung. Uh, but I was excited to tell you, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to tell the audience about this. Uh, because I'm me. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. We got the Leah dung. Uh, what else do we have here? There's a couple other news stories I wanted to talk about before we get to Sophie. Um, and, uh, let's see. Beyonce, what do you got to say? I mean, Beyonce, we had a triumphant return for Beyonce with the Renaissance album. It is projected to do 355,000 um, records sold. Uh, they're, they're kind of tabulating, which is always fascinating that on a Friday, they can tell you how much a movie is going to make for the entire weekend. Like I've been following movie box office figures for since I was eight years old, which by the way, grew up in Olathe, Kansas. And I would, I would like my, when one of my parents like would take me to like a Walden books or a B Dalton, which I don't think either of those bookstores exist anymore. The magazine stands would be in the back and my parents, my mom usually would let me buy one magazine, you know, and I would pick variety and variety is like, it's a movie trade magazine. It's for the movie business. It's not like Entertainment Weekly was or Vanity Fair or like Bop or, you know, kind of like any teeny magazines. This was for Hollywood businessmen and it would talk about box office figures. And I would I would always pick the weekly variety if I got a chance to do it at all. And they would tell you foreign and domestic box office. So when I was eight years old, I could tell you the, uh, you know, I could tell you uh, the box office predictions on the new Spielberg film, foreign and domestic. I could tell you how much a movie would then make with uh, when you threw rentals in it, what the window was before it would hit things like HBO. And, you know, I was really obsessed with this as a kid, truly. And but there were things as a kid where you just don't understand. Like I, I was like still a little dummy. Uh, 
because I would remember they'd all be, it would be like, Gotham box office is boffo. And I would always like thought Gotham was where Batman was from. And I didn't realize Gotham was also stood for New York. So I would always be like, oh, cool. Like I always thought like Gotham really existed as a <laughs> literally. I, it's shocking that I'm able to like shower every day. And that actually doesn't even happen most days sometimes. Any, anywho. Um, <laughs> so I would always pick the variety. Uh, and they would have uh, not only box office, but record sales projections. And I just always was just so amazed that these companies could predict. Like, they can already predict the first week sales for Beyonce's album, even though it came out on Friday. And they are predicting, like I said, it's around two seventy five to 315,000 sales based on first day sales and streams. So they can then tabulate that and get you the first week. Now, for comparison, Harry Styles third studio album Harry's House debuted with a with 521,000 equivalent album units. So I found that interesting. Now, Beyonce hasn't released an album in six years uh, since uh, a solo album in six years since Lemonade. And I really dug it. Uh, Sophie dug it. I can't wait to get more into it. But those were the first week's sales. And I found that interesting and something to keep an eye out for. Um, And the reviews have been stellar. Now, there have been a couple of things that that suck you know if you're this big of a star you're bound to do some things wrong and uh there is a musical artist named uh Kalise, uh k-e-l-i-s i uh, sorry if uh, she's she's amazing but she's the one remember you would know her especially for my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like what's better than yours oh my god that truly was a horrible horrible thing that i just tried to rap um so Beyonce samples um, Khalees in her song, in one of her songs, and uh, she is credited on the track, but Khalees was never given a heads up. And so she was, uh, she said this was kind of an act of theft. And she expressed her frustration saying, my mind is blown too, because the level of disrespect and utter ignorance of all three parties involved is astounding. Now the third party would be Pharrell because Pharrell produced that song and he is, he kind of owns uh, the rights to that in certain ways. Now this actually brought up a very interesting conversation. And especially if you're a nerd like me in terms of ownership, in terms of, you know, backhanded deals and things, people, artists getting screwed over, which, you know, artists getting screwed over in entertainment industry is nothing new if you pay attention. But this girl is like, man, I can't believe I expected this from Pharrell, but not from Beyonce. Beyonce didn't. So Beyonce did everything right. She's crediting. She's paying the money that needs to be paid for the sample of the song in her song. But she says, it's not hard. She can contact me, right? It's common decency. This, um, uh, she wrote in another post, this was a trigger for me. Milkshake alone is one of the most licensed records of our generation. I am a creator. I'm an innovator. I have done more than left my mark on an era of music and style that will go down in history. And uh, she has previously accused Pharrell and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes of lying and tricking her into a bad deal. Now, Pharrell has a lot of people that say he kind of gives them bad. You, you could love Pharrell. I mean, I just know he wore the, you know, I like a lot of Pharrell's music. He wore that really big hat, too, that big Ranger hat. Remember that? Such a dark time for America. <laughs> 
She says, I know that lies were told. I know that things were stolen. Publishing was stolen. People were swindled out of rights. It happens all the time, especially back then. So it's not about me being mad about Beyonce. Pharrell knows better. This is a direct hit at me, and he does this stuff all the time. The reason I'm annoyed is because I know it was on purpose. And to me, this is fascinating. Like, this is another example of how even everyday business deals are kind of reality show messes in a way. And even Beyonce is not above the fray. Now, Beyonce, with this album, has supposedly done everything right. Remember when we got that story, the Me Too story, where she had done background checks on every producer that worked on the album to make sure that they had done nothing that she did not know about in terms of sexual harassment, all of these things. And you're like, hell yeah, Beyonce, amazing. And you know me, I'm a huge Beyonce stan. So I'm like, hell yeah. But this... You wonder why, you know, and you're like, okay, well, she paid the right money. She, you know, and she didn't go to Khalees. So I thought that was an interesting thing. And I just always find it interesting that nobody is above the fray anymore. Everybody makes mistakes every day, which brings us back to the Will Smith apology is forgiveness. How do we forgive? And do we only forgive and do we only want forgiveness because it affects our bottom line with money? Damn, this got deep. Woo, man, starting off the week like a rocket ship. You're like, just talk about Austin Kroll cheating, dipshit. Um, So that is another thing to uh, think about. But I hate that it's Beyonce. Because, you know, it's like, I always want, like, listen, I'm good. Like, take down, you know, take down creepy dudes all day long, man. Like, some, you know, like, like, but... Like, to me, I want Beyonce to be a champion to women. And I guess that's weird to say as a man, because it'll be what it is, and it's not my place to say who should be speaking for women. But I don't know. Beyonce's always given me such a good feeling. I don't know what you guys feel of that. I will say, uh, on her website tonight, she dropped new merch. And you guys, how cool would this be? First off, a lot of different uh, items in here. Price point's a little steep. Uh, So I'm like, okay, the vinyl, need, sure. Okay, you got to get the vinyl, right? If you're a record connoisseur. Um, But then you, this is great. Renaissance Crystal Black Gloves. Now, Kim Kardashian did this in the last couple of weeks with her swimwear company. She's uh, selling swim gloves, which uh, my friend uh, Lex Nico did a TikTok on. Was of like, yo, I love, I love Kim and all that, but now this has gone too far. I do not need, nor do I ever, nor will I ever wear swim gloves to complete any kind of swim look. But she has Renaissance crystal black gloves. One glove says Act One, which is this is a three part album, you guys, and the other one says Renaissance. And uh, so the black gloves, and you're like, okay, what would I? And I was like, legitimately, I probably won't look good in these. Probably meant for a female. Um, arm but like listen 2022 you know i could i could pull these off but then i look at the price you guys 104 dollars, and i refuse to pay more than 50 dollars for these crystal black gloves uh beyonce if you're listening i'm willing to pay 50 dollars if you change your mind on this price and then there's a bunch of really cool t-shirts and then this is the other one oh this is a, a renaissance party hat set uh, they're, but they're tiny hats like a tiny, it's a tiny Renaissance party hat set. Now, this is weird. It's a set of eight tiny party hats with elastic string. So the, the listen, this seems like a very cheaply made product. And I think they tell, this is like little eight tiny party hats with elastic string. But $14, you can't beat that price. Will I look good in a uh, kind of a silvery, tiny cowboy hat? Who knows? $14, though. That is the right price. Now we got uh, some some pasties. 
Uh, one of her songs is called Alien Superstar, and Alien Superstar pasties are only going to set me back $24. Now, is the world ready to, first off, even see me without pasties? I'm not ready to do that, but if I was a little more demure and didn't want to share my body like I usually don't, I could get these Beyonce Alien Superstar pasties. Now, this is the one, sadly enough, this shows you how, what a dummy I am, is that I kind of actually, uh, not even joking, want this. It's a Renaissance cover woven blanket. $104. That's a great price for a woven blanket. I'm assuming this is, and it says multi-use blanket and tapestry. Imagine you guys, you're at a picnic with me and I'm like, guys, I'm going to take, I'm going to, it's like a nice, let's say a nice romantic picnic or just even a, just even a bro picnic, you know, just all different kinds of picnics. And I say, I'll bring the, the food and the blankets and stuff like that. And then I get there and I'm setting up and you see me whip out this Renaissance cover woven blanket and Beyonce is on a silver horse, you guys. And there's like red curtains and you're like, oh, this is that kind of picnic. It's a classy picnic. So that is just something I'm already having just daydreams about how much I'll use this because it says multi-use. So I'm like, I could use this so many different ways. I've yet to think of another one besides picnic. I mean, also, I think I would have to get my own couch, but I could probably use it on that couch once I get it. Now, this is interesting too. You can get Renaissance tape set. One tape says Beyonce, one says Renaissance, and one says Thick, T-H-I-Q-U-E, just like me and Corey Gamble's Thick Thighs. Um, it's set of three rolls of tape for styling and decorative purposes. Now this, I was thinking $14, but no, $44. That's going to set you back $44. We have a slip mat set for your record player. Ooh, a Renaissance folding fan. If you're for the hot days, it's 24. That's overpriced, I think. Then you got some keychains. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. And I, by the way, she's going to keep releasing more. So maybe this will be a recurring segment on the So Bad It's Good podcast. Um, a couple of other things. We talk about Britney in this. We talk about Taylor Swift flying her jet way too many times. Of course, Kylie Jenner uh, started this where everybody got upset. And then there was an article came back that said Taylor Swift's private jet actually for a celebrity is number one in the amount it flies and the, you know, it's so damaging for our environment with the CO2 emissions and all this stuff. And of course, the Taylor army was just like, fuck you. And they really went to like, that's the kind of guys. Seriously, I need to get you guys to a point where we start getting an army together. <laughs> the so bad it's good army needs to be so strong. Um, now, we talk about Jax and Brittany. They have a new podcast coming out. That is going to be talked about in this as well. Uh, a couple of things we didn't get to. Uh, this is just for me since I'm a geek. Ben Affleck, you guys, is back in U.S. soil. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is still overseas doing work, but they just went on their honeymoon, remember? And they're still going to do a wedding in Atlanta, their their real official wedding, which I have not gotten to invite yet, but knock on wood. Um, but Ben Affleck came back, guess why? To He's reprising or reprising his role as Batman for Aquaman 2. And Jason Momoa, who just survived that uh, motorcycle accident last week, um, this, uh, the reason they found out this was supposed to be secret, but they were doing a Warner Brothers studio tour and they saw Ben Affleck get into his trailer outside and Jason Momoa came out and they were like, whoa. And Jason Momoa was like, well, guess the cat's out of the bag. 
And he went into Ben's trailer. You see him going, he's like, sorry, dude. And he's like sitting there. How wild, though, to like have that much press about your marriage and then your honeymoon where we got shots of Ben Affleck falling asleep on the deck of a yacht. I mean, just a ma- I mean, this poor guy. It, I mean, I, I'm assuming that he wants this to be out there because we've gotten so many solo sh- bad shots of Ben Affleck. Just like smoking, looking sad, dejected. Even on his honeymoon, he just looks exhausted. I mean, he's a great looking dude, but he's he looks exhausted. Like, that's what I, I talked about with Sophie in this. Like, imagine if we were like out there at the beach and somebody, because I was saying, I saw Leo DiCaprio, he seems like he's on like a month long yacht tour. And in my head, I've like clocked that. I'm like, oh, Leo's still on vacation, like I would a family member. I'm like, oh, good for him. And I was noticing. This is how sad it, the pop culture can't. The sad side of pop culture, you guys, is that we do notice these things. Is that I go, go on the Daily Mail and I notice how many times they always bring up Colin Farrell's buff arms in an article. Or I notice Leo DiCaprio goes on like yearly yacht trips. And this yacht trip, I was proud of him legitimately because I was like, oh, his punch is a little less not there. It's like, it's more abs this year. I'm like, he's really putting in the work. He's still on a yacht for like a month, but he's putting in the work. He's not going to get that dad bod article again. And I was like, weirdly proud of him. And then I was like, you don't fucking know him, Ryan. Like, uh, listen, I'll stick up for him all day for that whole Titanic move. Like I talked about last week at the end with Kate Winslet, not sharing that big piano lid or whatever it was. But I was proud that he's like fighting the battle of the bulge into his forties. And I was like, good for him, man. And then I was like, Literally in my underwear, in my bed, going, good for him. I'm proud of him. (laughs) Oh, you guys. Um, I do at some point. I don't think this is going to be right now. We might need to do an episode about Amelia Gray, uh, Lisa Rinna's daughter. We do talk about Lisa Rinna being the face of Alexander Wang's... um, sportswear line and we'll have to talk about this more because Amelia's really making a move I don't know what the move is for except for like popularity and celebrity it's the same kind of move that Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset is making it's one of those things where and I think there's this is another thing that I love that we do have this history with reality shows now where you can go back in our days our reality shows used to work our reality stars used to work they used to work you know and now Christine Quinn just seems to be jetting around to different countries in like really expensive outfits to get one photo taken with somebody famous or a group of famous people, let alone last week she had the weirdo Justice League of Julia Fox and her like, listen, I do not need, uh, uh, Julia, uh, so happy that you're trying to do your thing and you're doing it and you know, you're getting a lot of likes and all this stuff. But like, do I need to see that much of your pubic region? Like, honestly, like, like, honestly, it's getting uncomfortable for all of us. And I know that's the thing, but I've never been one of that. Like fashion needs to push boundaries. I'm like, I dress in old Navy. That's enough pushing of boundaries for me. And I still feel I get enough of boundary pushing, you know, but yeah, that, uh, she's like, Christine Quinn will show up for like a photo with Anna Wintour, which I'm like explaining to Anna Wintour who Christine Quinn is, you know, it's like this year's model kind of vibes, you know? Um, but I do want to, I, I don't know. I was looking at through some of Amelia Gray's and you know how I feel about a lack of eyebrows. It's just something that I don't know if I can get on board yet. I hate to be a fuddy daddy, but I just, I don't think I can do it. Also, uh, I'm trying to find out more information. We talked about this on 
Did we talk about this on Thursday or Friday? The Austin Rachel Hargrove stuff. Uh, Austin, our uh, favorite guy that we like to dislike on Southern Charm, got into a fight with Rachel Hargrove, um, the celebrity chef from Big, uh, not Big Brother, from Below Deck. Uh, and they got into a, oh yeah, no, we did talk about this. I think it was on Thursday's episode. I'm trying to find out more information about this because I'd love to see where it left off, but we do know, and this is where we're going to do two more and then end it. This is great. I don't know if it's great, but it's weird. Is that, and I told Sophie this, is that supposedly, uh, Dumois, there was a signing Shep Rose and Taylor in Raleigh at the fish show together. Um, also spotted in Linville, North Carolina together, clearly not separated. Now, what's the deal here, you guys? Do you think... Now, when I DM'd with Shep after the interview I had with him last week, uh, which, by the way, go check it out on YouTube if you haven't, um, he did seem bummed out, even though I had not... Like, the news broke later that day that this happened. So, I have a couple thoughts or theories. Do you think that they break up this season and they just decided to announce it now, and then by the end of the season they get back together, and maybe there's some big surprise, and he actually asked her to marry him on the, like at the season finale or something. Do you think this is an old switcheroo? This is why I hate when my mind gets all conspiratorial because I'm like, okay, now they're spotted everywhere. Yet we had that People magazine article. I don't know. Like this is a weird sighting. Also, we do know Austin was at that fish show. Uh, with with them. So, by the way, I did say this on uh, with Sophie. Is if anybody went to the fish show in uh, <laughs> in Raleigh, please reach out. I'd love to know if you've had any uh, sightings of Shep and Taylor and Austin at the fish show. Uh, and finally, this uh, weekend was uh, Lollapalooza, and my roommate went, and she said it was awesome. Um, and there was a story that Dumois, um I was sent. Machine Gun Kelly performed at Lollapalooza. Now, I'm not a huge Machine Gun Kelly fan. I, uh, fan. I respect his fans. They seem really passionate, or they did when I would make fun of him a year ago. A lot of people would stick up for him, but I don't know. It's just like, I've seen this before. He's dressing in a lot of like furry pink cashmere, and it's like, more power to you. This was a complaint, though. Machine Gun Kelly did an after show at Tau for Lollapalooza, and this fan says it was so horrendous. He ripped off hundreds of fans and completely lives up to his reputation. I was like, what, drinking Megan Fox's blood? He was so drunk, high, and tripping, he barely, that means usually like mushrooms or acid, you guys, um, tripping, he barely made it through two songs before walking off stage and didn't return. His friends behind him at the DJ booth were scrambling to try and cover for him, but eventually the original DJ just went back to playing regular club music. After barely two songs, the DJ announced, give it up for Machine Gun Kelly, and he never got back on stage. Tickets were between $200 to $300. The crowd was furious and quickly cleared out after he walked out. Also, he didn't even come on until 2 a.m., when it started at 10 p.m. And there's a picture of him doing one of his songs. Listen, I don't know if that's true or not. I do find this interesting because, you know, pop culture is cyclical. We've seen, like, this is like, he's, you know, got really famous all of a sudden really quick. And I would be, imagine, I don't know, I always try to put myself in that situation. Imagine you guys, instead of going to a concert, that you're actually performing in that concert. And you're like, okay. I should have strict rules. I don't drink before a show. I don't do that. But then the pressure of it gets to you and the fans get to you and you can't believe any of this is real. So you do start drinking a little bit. And then like, what happens if you drink too much and you have to do a show? That potentially is my worst nightmare. That used to be the actor's nightmare, you guys, where um, you'd have I'd have that recurring dream 
where all of a sudden you were on stage and you did not memorize the monologue you were supposed to give. And I just imagine like what that's like to like have uh, just to be incapacitated where you cannot perform. Um, I don't know. So we'll leave it, leave it at that folks. Uh, let's get to Sophie. We'll do a, a commercial break and then get into Sophie. Now, uh, I, <laughs> Sophie, dude, you got to go, uh, subscribe to Sophie's pod. She's on a BBC documentary. If you have a VPN and I think she's going to link it tomorrow too. And I can't wait to watch this because the BBC documentary is about our, our favorite Caroline Calloway, our favorite scammer. And I just definitely want to see it because, uh, I, Sophie cracks me up and I cannot wait to watch that. Um, but I will tell you, she is not having the Will Smith discourse and she lets us know that, but in a good way. And also guys, we do this on YouTube as well. I put like a light, I put a big ring light up. So I, cause I just hate the way I look. You guys know that. Um, but she just does, she like, she just does this on her couch, super chill. And we've been doing this God for a year and a half or yeah, like a year and a half. We've been doing that. And we, you know, we talk every Sunday and she's usually at, it's at the end of the day on a Sunday for her, but somebody left a rude comment on the YouTube about her, like what are, you know, like Sophie's a beautiful girl, but it's like, like, which is so stupid for me to even have to say, but, uh, like, just remember, like, don't don't be dicks. Like, just don't, don't be dicks. I mean, you guys are like some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. And I think this person on YouTube is somebody that just found us on YouTube and it wasn't a regular, one of our regular listeners. Um, but, um, just don't, uh, but I mean, I don't, that's it. And you guys, uh, we're going to have a great week. I hope I'm telling you, I am grumpy and I want to be honest with you about that. And I'm just kind of in a mood. Uh, so I want to be honest and I talk to you guys every day. So I want to be upfront with you about that. But having said that, I still think like this last 50 minutes, I didn't think I was, I thought I was going to do 10 minutes, but I needed this. So thank you for, uh, thank you for indulging me in this, um, I needed this and I'll be able to go to bed uh, a little happier. So without further ado, commercials and then Miss Sophie Ross. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. 
Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Now comes the part of the show that I love the most when I get to talk about our sponsors. We have two sponsors this week, both returning, and I'm very excited about them. Uh, both of these I actually use, and I'm very, uh, I can recommend both. Our first one is our friends over at BetterHelp. Um, they always want me to discuss with these commercials the way, the things that I do to take care of my mind. And, uh, you know, usually it's like hiking. Uh, you guys know I love to hike. It kind of gets me away from the TV, but a lot of my taking care of my mind is watching reality shows. Isn't that wild? But I realize that every day I have to do things to help myself put my best foot forward in terms of my mental health. Unfortunately, I don't know if you're like me, but I think there's a lot of me out there. A lot of people like me out there where we have to work a little harder to be able to live successful lives. And you could say it's not fair sometimes. You could be frustrated with it. But to really get the best out of life, which life can be just so insanely beautiful, I know that I have to work out. I know that I have to talk to my family. I know that I need to eat something healthy. I know I need to talk to my therapist. 
Um, so they always say, and I always think this is dead on right. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Now, if you're me, you know that I, I kind of just, <laughs> but most people do take care of their car. Most people do that. That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat our brains that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. And this is something that I wish I knew in my 20s, you guys. I wish that I knew that I had to take care of this as much, if not more, than taking care of my body. So there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. Oh my God, power naps sounds amazing. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Now, BetterHelp is great. It's excellent. There's so many reasons why, but a couple that I can think of right off the top of my head is that you can do this on your computer. You don't have to be sitting in traffic. You don't have to be around people. That's some one of the things is like, you know, that thing of like, oh man, working out, I got to go to the gym. But once you're there, you're happy you did that. With BetterHelp, that even takes that pressure off. You can just sit right down in front of your computer. It's still going to be hard to get to your computer, but you know what I'm saying? They make it easy. They do. And you're going to talk to somebody that is potentially going to help you with what you're dealing with in your life. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also, and this is huge, much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So this is great. So bad. It's good. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash so bad. And, uh, it really does help the show when you guys actually just go check this out. I think it's actually well worth checking out regardless, but just betterhelp.com forward slash so bad and check it out for yourself. I think you're going to be really glad that you did. Now, our next one, uh, I've been using this now for the last month and a half, and I got to tell you, I'm very regular. <laughs> um, okay, so this is our friends over at Just Thrive. Um they say, thanks to our modern world, it's impossible to cut out all stress, right? From turning on the daily news or your daily reality show like Love Island to juggling the work-life balance to scrolling through social media, which actually is very stressful, stress is there. The solution then isn't to stop or avoid it, but instead find effective ways to manage it. Just Calm, the brand new product from Just Thrive, represents a revolutionary new approach to uplifting your body, your mind, your soul. Just Calm has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress, balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. Now, you guys know I keep track of my sleep, and I want to tell you I logged my best week of sleep last week at 7.5 hours. It was like 7, 7 hours and 37 minutes I averaged a night last week. That's huge for me. Um, and for unbeatable stress management, I've been pairing this. They sent me Just Calm with Just Thrive spore-based probiotic. And here's why. So we've all heard the term gut instinct or the gut-brain connection, but that connection is more powerful than you think. So your gut and brain talk to each other, sending signals all day long. A healthy gut isn't just crucial for immune and digestive health. 
health. It's also one of the best ways to beat stress long term. By giving your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs to thrive, Just Thrive Probiotic not only supports your best gut health, it creates the perfect foundation for Just Calm to perform at maximum strength. And when your gut is happy and your stress is under control, you'll be able to keep calm and win the day every day. Right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code SOBAD at checkout. Um, So please check that one out as well, folks. Uh, It's another one that I am using and I am loving. Uh, Okay. Welcome to an all-new week, folks. It's So Bad It's Good Pop Culture Roundup, where we try to take the uh, week's pop culture uh, little tidbits, reality shows, personal stuff, and throw it all into a Monday episode. Uh, You might know her from her own podcast, So True, which you need to go subscribe to and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and also her Substack, where it kind of gives you a peek into everything that you need to know that is kind of based around pop culture and internet trends and things like that. Always fascinating. The one and only... Miss Sophie Ross. Sophie, uh, is it true that you're in a BBC documentary? Yes, I am. It's about Caroline Calloway. What? And I I think it was only um, available like via the BBC like iPlayer thing they have, but my dad found it on YouTube. So I think you can find it on YouTube. I don't know. If I find it on YouTube, I'll link it and maybe that'll get me in trouble, but like whatever. Well, and maybe I might have got a VPN, so maybe I could actually... Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm admitting to that. that. I'm not admitting to that. But if I did have one, I could watch it. By the way, guys, I saw a comment about my appearance last week and how I looked like a slob. This is not laundry. I have blankets. Wait, where did wait, where did people leave comments? Someone was like, put clothes on. <laughs> and is that laundry behind you? <laughs> I, I do. We do this on Sunday nights. I like to be comfy. I sit on my couch. I don't have like a professional setup. You I guys have- don't fucking do this where then she, I, I had no clue somebody left a comment like this. Listen, yeah. you guys, I have a light in front of me because I am actually ugly. So I need this, but this is, this is fun. I had, I'm so sorry for anybody that wrote that. I don't think that's got to be one of our actual regular listeners. Just so be nice no to me because it's a Sunday. Usually on Sunday nights, I'm like exhausted. I like to be comfy on the couch. I don't like put on makeup for this. This I'm wearing sunscreen on my face from like being at the pool today. And that's it. I don't have the effort or energy to put on a full fa- face of glam for the YouTube videos or like set up the scene. I sit on my freaking couch and <laughs> you're just going to have to deal with it. And no, this is not laundry. I have blankets. <laughs> well, this is starting very strong. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest because I'm already like, I'm like, should I put on makeup for this? And I'm like, no, sorry. That takes too much effort. I have a full, I have a full face of makeup on. I've been in glam. I can see Ryan's like Wait, yeah, by the way, wait, wait. No, it's like, what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) By the way. I didn't know you had an Erica one. I thought you just had a Diana one. Well, I've started making more to my collection. Uh, This is Sanjit uh, Sutton's boyfriend from this week's episode. Wait, Uh, I like them. Yeah, but I just like I like Sutton. I'm I should be Sutton's man. Like I'll I'll say I'll say Ryan. You know how to treat a woman. Yeah, you know. So we're we're having fun over here. She probably is on the apps in LA. Like no, you but there's no way not. I. Really, <laughs> can you imagine? I pop up and then I go to cast events. 
Like, could you imagine me palling around with Harry Hamlin and PK and Mauricio? I'd be like, what's up, dogs? Actually, yeah. You were just at a concert with Vicky Gunvalson. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I wanted to... Well, so there's things I wanted to ask you about your... But I do... For those who don't listen during the week and just listen uh, to Monday's episodes, um, I was at a Counting Crows show because... That's what I do. And Vicky Flippin Gunvalson sat right behind me to the left. And my friend made me like, you know, she was like, no, you got to say hi. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to get a picture. Yeah, but I'm really weird about stuff like that. I didn't want to buy. And then she goes, she's like, bless you. I go, I go ultimate girls trip. And she goes, bless you, bless you. And she was so, and she was with her new dude. Very, they're a very handsome couple. And she was very nice and it made me like then, but then people started pointing out that she's not vaccinated and that I probably got something. And then that yeah, wait, didn't she get like fake vaccinated on her like yeah. Instagram? She was pretending she was. No, it was like a B12 shot or something. Yeah. And then someone, they like put on a bandaid. She like got a shot in the arm and then they put the bandaid on like a full six inches below. <laughs> like, put, like gave her the shot. Like, please. Yeah. please um, okay. Wait. Yeah. So wait, the BBC documentary, it's about Caroline Calloway or about scammers? It's about Caroline Calloway and it's called My Insta Scammer Friend and it's about Caroline Calloway. It's about 40 minutes long. So it's a very quick watch. Um, Are you in the whole thing? I, I'm just one of the talking head people as like, you know, a, you know, certified Caroline Calloway historian. This is um, a, Wait, has Caroline Calloway reached out by chance? No, no. Because oh, I would, yeah. I would, they, she has way bigger fish to fry right now. She's getting freaking sued for $40,000. And that's why uh, she's like off the grid. So yeah, I don't think she's worried about that. But did you watch Not Okay, the the new Zoe Deutsch movie? No, but it's on my list of things to watch. Will it's you explain really to people good. what that is? I watched it Friday night. It's really good. It's about a girl who like pretends she just like kind of wants attention. She wants to impress this guy, Dylan O'Brien. And so she photoshops herself into like Paris like she makes it look like she's like in Paris on her Instagram and then you know she gets some followers from it and then like a terrorist attack in Paris happens and everyone's like oh my god you just posted from the <laughs> Marc de Triomphe oh my god so she like pretends that she like survives a terrorist attack and then she obviously I'm not gonna spoil it but Caroline Calloway makes a cameo in it, and it's such a jump scare. So go watch. Caroline that. Calloway makes a cameo in it. Holy yes. Uh, yes. Um, okay. It's on Hulu, but, by the way. Also, I wanted. Well, I don't know if I wanted to recommend this, but I watched the most hated man on the internet on Netflix. It's a three-part documentary that came out on uh, Netflix about this dude. Um, he was like self self-titled the king of revenge porn. And he uh, started this website called Are You Up in like 2011 or 12. And it just he would post like boyfriend and girlfriend's naked photos, like revenge porn, and he would not take them down. People had threatened suicide over these photos, and he just found it super funny. He ended up going to prison for it. But it's a three-part documentary. I think the documentary gets good in like the third part. Like I wanted it to be so much better, which is so weird because it's a real that's story. What I, that's what I heard. I heard from some friends that watched it that it was super boring. Like I'm sorry. I love documentaries. Netflix's documentaries are so freaking boring. The past few Netflix. I like Tinder Swindler. I like Tinder Swindler. I think that was good. Yeah, but the last few documentaries I watched on Netflix, I like just cannot pay attention. Like they're just so boring, and I well, like I just, documentaries. I do wonder if we're hitting like a maximum capacity on documentary and kind of like not documentaries on because 
I mean, even your next door neighbor is going to be a fascinating story in some ways, but I sometimes wear like these like kind of big, like, Ooh, these weird, like sexy ones or like revenge or, uh, you know, uh, Caroline Calloway type people. I feel like, are we about to like, we've hit all of them at this point. It's like Dateline. Like there's only so many murders. No, completely disagree. There will always be like, good stories that make for good documentaries. They just have to be well done. And I think that Netflix, when they do like a three-parter, it's like that could easily just be like one, you know, hour and a half long, like documentary. Yeah, the three-part, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I actually just started. I haven't finished it yet, but I just started. Um, It's called The Rescue on, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. It's a National Geographic documentary about the um, soccer team in Thailand that got stuck in the cave, the the cave rescue. Oh, yeah. And it was really, really from like, I watched like probably, you know, only like a third of it because I had to run out and I couldn't finish it at the time when I started it, but like really good. So it's like when they're well done. They're like, they're Sophie, like, we're still trapped down here. Please finish. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like I actually saw that there's a new movie coming out starring Vigo Mortensen and I think Colin Farrell about the Thai cave rescue. Yeah. And so that made me want to watch the documentary. So yeah, I'm like very fascinated by real life events. That's like all the podcasts I listen to yeah. and like stuff like well, that. Why, I mean, so, there's like, so many fascinating things that I feel like when you get into these, like, ooh, because I even got so, like, oh, revenge porn. That sounds fascinating. And then and it's like the reality of that situation is really highly traumatic. And the story itself is not that uh, amazing because it's a really basic, well, that dude's an asshole. Like, there's not much you're going to uncover there right. besides this dude right. was wrong from the get-go, you it's know? like, oh, my God, do we need, like all of these different like talk it'll be like so the history of revenge porn like oh my god like yeah, I mean, i'm sorry i just i can't sometimes with like the really long boring netflix documentaries they do not keep my attention netflix we know you're doing something wrong Let's <laughs> tighten it up let's but wait 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 by up. the way sophie sophie does want to thank you though for stranger things she really loves yeah, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, Stranger Things season four and season four alone. So Thank you. And can I curse on this podcast? I forgot. Yeah, by by all means. Yeah. I don't know why. Just I've been doing this podcast. I was for like, like, wait. I was like, Sophie. I'm pretty sure I, I could like literally put together a list of your curses on this show. I know. Okay. Hey, right, right. Do a Vanderpump Rules uh, uh, cut two of just Sophie cursing throughout episodes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that. But, like, fuck you, Netflix, for canceling Santa Clarita Diet. They would be raking it in if they just kept that show I swear. Okay, wait, wait. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, Netflix is definitely, I mean, definitely doing something wrong. I think we can all agree to that. The last personal thing I wanted to ask, and I don't know if this was a joke on your Twitter, did you get hacked or was that a joke? No, Did your account get hacked? I actually did get hacked and it was like very, very stressful. And I'll tell you what happened. So other people can't make my mistake because it was my own fault. I basically was cyberbullying Logan Paul about, <laughs> about Nope. And I was like bragging about Oh yeah, because he hated Nope. Uh, Logan Paul went on this like yeah, 12 and- tweet rant about Nope. When the funny thing is what he's bitching about with Nope is like, yeah, people like him wouldn't get it, you know? No, it was like, right. So it's it's kind of like, I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but yeah, a lot of it is about like, it's it's about like the spectacle and how people do whatever just to get attention. 
And so it's like, yeah, Logan Paul, you wouldn't get it. But also the things that he was pointing out, it was like one plot point that was like, they actually explained this in the movie. Everything he was saying, he was like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, did you not pay attention? So I was cyberbullying him. And then I was like bragging about cyberbullying him. And then I thought this like message on Twitter that I thought was legit. It was like, your account has been reported for cyberbullying. I was like, that actually makes sense. And it was like, your account will be suspended. And it literally seemed like it was like a legitimate, like, and I know everyone's like, you're so dumb. But I like clicked on this link to be like, no, don't suspend me. And then that's how I got hacked. So it was like all my fault. And I'm a dumb idiot. But then the guy who hacked my account, WhatsApped me and he was like, Hello, madame. I'm the one who sold <laughs> And since you have many memories on it, I'll give it to you for the low price of $150. And I was like, No, like, but, I'm not. But also, that sounds for- reasonable, Sophie. That 100, I would think he was going for like a million dollars or something crazy. You know, I was like, No, you think I have that kind of money? I'm a <laughs> writer in New York City. Absolutely not. And so I was like, no. And I reached out to Twitter support. Twitter support is awful. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to find like the phone number, the customer service. Obviously Twitter doesn't have a customer service. Dude, Instagram's the same way. They don't give a rip. So I ended up looking up on LinkedIn. This is my dad's idea. So like, thank you, dad. He's the best. What about? I looked up up my LinkedIn mutuals on that work at Twitter. One of them is like this guy I went to college with reached out to him. He got me my account back in like less than 24 hours. So it was like crisis averted. They DM'd like all of my verified like friends on Twitter. They DM'd like all spammy stuff. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. I had to like go back and like apologize to all these verified people that I'd like never spoken to before. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I got hacked. Like it was so embarrassing, but like, it's fine. Crisis averted. I'm back, baby. So. Um, that's amazing though. That What if your friend that worked for Twitter was like a big Logan Paul fan? And I was like, you deserve this. <laughs> sorry. Like, so literally we had not spoken since college, but we're like, we still follow each other on Instagram. Dude. He was what so is this LinkedIn? Perfect. What is this LinkedIn everybody keeps talking about? What is the what Wait, is this? Do you, have, do you have a LinkedIn, Ryan? I do, but it's like not, I mean, I've never used it. Like I think I've updated it like one time because oh. I like it's like I tried to use it for a joke at one point to say I did that. And then it's like you can't really have fun with it. So I was like, I don't think this is for me. Cause at this point, who's gonna give a rip that I would like taught acting or that I do a podcast, you know? Like, who cares? I personally think LinkedIn is amazing. If you that's what are, I hear from all my people, like that if it is you good. are in like the workforce, it's a great way. Like you get messages from recruiters, recruiters will find you. It's like a great you can apply to jobs in literally one click. I can apply to jobs from my phone and like literally one click and it just sends through your resume. Should I do wait, should I do my LinkedIn? Should I do it? I LinkedIn? personally like LinkedIn and in this case it really worked out. It worked can out. Can I reach out to other podcasters and stuff? I wonder. Yeah, like yeah. What's up, you guys? Um so okay. Well, that's you. I'm glad you got your Twitter account back because that would be something that would really it was so me. stressful, you guys. And I was told by this guy that worked there, it ended up being like less than 24 hours. He was like, it might take like two to three days. And I was like, how do I survive two to three yeah. days without Twitter? And I was like, actually, the fact that I'm even saying that means that this is probably good for me. <laughs> did you start, did you like eventually on the third day, like pick up a book and you're like the written word? No, it ended this. up being like less than 24 hours. So it was like, Haha, oh, okay. Because okay, it would have been I'm funny back. if you then just started like having to take post-it notes and you would write little funny snarky things and put it up on like windows and stuff. But, like, you know. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't have a Twitter. I just like. 
<laughs> you you you're texting people hey i like i like that thing you did on twitter i like it that's a lot it's a heart yeah. i heart it yeah. um uh we had a big week in pop culture and i guess the we'll start off positively i uh uh, what do you think about, have you gotten a chance to listen to Beyonce's new album, Renaissance? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, like, I'm not one of those people that's like, Beyonce put her clit on the microphone. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, let's relax. It's, well, it's, that's just not, it's not healthy to do that anyway. So I don't think she would have done that, you know, in the studios. Yeah, yeah. but Especially I will say like everything going on right now. She has announced this is a three-part album, I guess. So this is the first part where that's and it's it kind of falls into that house music thing again, you guys, that Drake just did and uh the week, you know, like and I got to listen to it. Um, I, I've been working out with this trainer the last week and a half, which is hysterical in its own way. Uh only, you know, but he played it for me on Friday while I was like almost vomiting because he was having me do like, you know, deadlifts and stuff. But I, I really liked it. I wanted to point out a couple of things in the Beyonce album. There's a line in a song called Church Girl that says, must be the money because it ain't your face. And people on the internet are taking that to mean this is a shot at Jay-Z, you guys. She knows she's ugly. She knows it. But I mean, wait, wait, wait. Come on. Do you really think this is a shot? She's going to she's happily married, she says all the time now. And she's going to put in a lyric in her album about her husband being ugly. Who Do you really truly think what's Who that going to be about? Could be about it could be. You know, what could be about Khloe Kardashian at a certain point. It could have been about a lot of different people. Oh, my God. OK, can I just say as much as. I think that Chloe is ridiculous and I hate on her. The internet goes so hard for her and true sometimes that it like really makes me. Well, well, that's actually, that's a great thing. What she's talking about, you guys, I think what you're talking about too, is they went really hard because she posted a photo, you guys, of her daughter, true on a private jet plane. So right there, if you want to make fun of something of like, oh, it's private jets, we can make fun of that. But they started saying that this is just ridiculous. I've never even thought of this, that true is very dark skinned. So they're saying that Chloe is like, oh, well, then Robert's not your dad. Like this looks like an OJ baby to me. And it was completely just disgusting. And it's not even like you would say it's racist and all that stuff, but there were black people saying this about Chloe. Like at a certain point, do we need to attack every little thing? And when it comes to the kids, especially, I hate, you know, like I love being snarky, but even for me, that was like, are you kidding me? There's so many other good things to make fun of. Tristan, make fun of Tristan. Right. Like we yell at her when she lightens True's skin tone in photos, which she has done before. And then when yeah. she doesn't, we, you know, people are spec. And I say we, not me. People are speculating that like, her real dad has to be OJ Simpson. Like that has always been so ridiculous to me. I think that, you know, there is some legs to the theory that Robert Kardashian is not Chloe's real dad. Yeah, I, I always thought it was the hairdresser the hair, over the, hairdresser the OJ. That, yeah. A hairdresser that really looks exactly like her. But again, it's like, whatever. But the fact that true, like people are speculating this based on true skin tone. It's like people that have biracial parents come in all different colors. Some of them are white passing. Some of them don't look mixed at all. It's like, I I just think it's so problematic and it's so sad. Like there are so many things to hate on Chloe for, but like- Yeah, I mean, come on. Based on her daughter's skin tone is like really sad. And I feel really 
sad and scared for true. And yeah, it just makes me sad. I wouldn't teach her to read at this point. I would be like, we're not teaching you to read. We don't want you to, I mean like, Oh, I, I did want to tell you this about Tristan though. This is, I was so excited to tell you. So I am working out with this trainer and he's like, he has like a master's degree and like train, I don't know all this stuff, but he was going out to Chatsworth, I guess, for an opportunity to train somebody. And he goes to this gym in Chatsworth, he tells me, and he doesn't even know my history with Tristan in that I hate him. And um, he says, Tristan Thompson was working out at this gym and it's like a public gym in Chatsworth. And I was like, Tristan Thompson is just, I go, he just got back from his luxury yacht fuck fest overseas. And now he goes into this gym. He goes, yeah, man. He goes, he had a gold G wagon out front. Like he goes, he's not trying to not be noticed. And I said, dude, I have a stop sleeping with Tristan Thompson shirt. I would love to gift you if you go back and work out there, if you'd wear that. And he wouldn't do that. Like, but he, I, I, he did laugh because he's not really super into pop culture and stuff. And I was, you know, even he was even like, yeah, that dude just really sleeps around a lot, you know? You need to like find out his exact schedule, like his workout schedule. <laughs> you, but by the way, Tristan seems like the kind of person that actually would wear his own stop sleeping with Tristan Thompson shirt. Like he would rock that. that would He's be, like that crazy. That would be so freaking funny. Like he saw it. He saw the one that was posted. and was like, I actually need to order this. And he shows up at the gym. You know how a lot of people like some people wear their like cutesy, like matching sets to the gym. And some people wear their like, like you know random like frat t-shirts like, he's one of those. like, like i'm gonna wear this like random t-shirt like or or what if he what if he bought a what if we get like a an order for like a hundred shirts tomorrow and then he saves them and he gives them out to girls on the way out like pick up a shirt on the way out and then they have a stop sleep with tristan top shirt after he's already slept with them wouldn't that be amazing a girl can dream Man, I'm the girl in that situation, I feel like. Um, also, Sylvie, what do, how do you feel about um, YouTube apology videos? I know you sometimes focus, you know, like YouTubers are famous for their apology yeah, videos. Who are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about one of the most famous YouTubers out there, Mr. Will Smith. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. On Friday, he posted a video on YouTube that's gained 3 million views so far, where he finally answers the tough questions. But for me personally, I don't know if you got to see that. It just really shows that maybe he needs more time away from this situation because he once again opens it up to the public. Like, this is a personal thing. And he's like, I have tried to apologize to Chris. He is not ready to accept my apologies. So now I have turned to the internet. Like, isn't that weird if you owe somebody an apology and then you're like, he won't talk yet, but I do need to get on the internet and tell everybody else. Isn't that the whole problem kind of to begin with? I'm so over the saga. I'm so over it. Like when he released that, I literally didn't even watch it. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, let's drop it. Please, let's drop it. Like, I'm so sick of the saga. Like, I think Jada gave him an option. Like you come on red table talk or you do your own video, but you can't come into this house unless you do something publicly. Cause he was just like, I'm oh. tired of feeling like shit. And then he had Jade, Jade's uh, water bottle company or his like water company. So it was like product promo for that in the background. Oh, he had a product placement. That's he so had a product awesome. placement for, uh, uh, not Jade, for um, uh, Jaden, Jaden's uh, water company. And 
you know, he looks obvious, but it's just like, dude, you're it's it's with any celebrity that we talk about. It's like you can't just go away. There's something that you crave this attention so bad that you cannot leave for more than three months. You're like, I need to I need to get back out there and be as popular, if not more popular than I was before. And to me, that's the true sickness. Like, it doesn't seem like you're learning from that then. And Chris, Chris Rock was like, yeah, man, like he keeps calling him Suge Smith now because of Suge Knight. He's like, it's. And Chris said this that I thought I wanted to get your opinion on. He said, you know, in this country, we have a real problem where everybody's a victim now. Everybody's a victim. He goes, I'm the person that got slapped. And Will Smith now is coming on YouTube acting like the victim of this scenario. And it is true. We don't really accept any kind of blame in this country. Oh, my God. Yes, Chris Rock did get slapped. I also think that the slap in general was like so... It was bad, but it was also just, like, so blown out of proportion, in my opinion. Like, we've had discourse about it for, like, three months now. Like, everyone is like, Will Smith's career is over. Like, No, it's not. It's he not. Just got a, he got a $65 million deal for, like, his next, like, film, according to Variety. Or something. It was something insane. So I was like, yeah. he seems like he's doing fine. It's just that people view him as a villain for one it's like housewives like people go from being heroes to villains and then they want to go back to being heroes again and we've already now accepted them as a villain so it's it's truly weird but i feel like that's like a sickness in pop culture i think this is some really thing- people do see him as a hero though for standing up against someone who was like insulting a black woman so it's like it really i've seen both I've seen like lots of people like seeing him as a hero. Some people seeing him as a villain. Honestly, I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of the discourse. I don't care anymore. I care just because I think it's so important. Like this is, it, I think it's like kind of like chips away at the ridiculousness of something on that kind of global platform where you can't, I mean, that's to me beyond, if you're sticking up for this or that, this is a joke. This is what happens on shows like this. You're saying that this is okay to do. I mean, this really truly is ridiculous. Now you've chipped away at that where now we watch these Oscars, you know, and you're like, oh, I should expect people to maybe get uh, assaulted at some point during the show. I think those are like really important conversations to have because it gets tied up into like everybody's self-value and worth, you know, Uh, and it it really kind of chips away at like things that are supposed to be uh, respectful at, at a certain point or like actually honor something, even though I think honoring acting is kind of silly at the end of the day. That's so deep. You're just like deeper than me. See, no, but don't wait, wait, wait. But don't, but do you, do you, do you see what I'm saying though? Like, do you at least like go like that? Cause that's important to me. Like those, those things, when I was a kid, like the Oscars was like the pinnacle as somebody that was trying to be an actor at the time. And like that to me, was just like, you think about that and you're like, in no, I guess what it is like these last four years as a country, it's like nothing. I put nothing past us anymore at all because there seems to be so like, we can't even not have violence on the Oscars. That's so weird to me. I guess, I guess I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not really adding anything interesting in this conversation because again, it like pains me to still talk about this. Like I'm so freaking over it. I'm over the slap discourse. I can't, I can't, I do not have any more like fucks to give. There I go again, cursing on the podcast. Um, well, what, what is fascinating you this week? Um, what is fascinating me this week? What even is fascinating? I love how I just have like no brain cells left after the weekend. I'm just like, I don't even know what's fascinating me this week. 
Um, I wrote about it in my Substack how Kylie Swim is no more. Their trademark, I guess, expired. And um, I wrote about how Skin by Kim appears to be kind of a flop because the products are already on sale. Um, and yeah, I think that the Kardashian name, I really broke it down in this article, um, how I think the Kardashian name, which I think at one point was like, you know, would draw people in is now kind of a deterrent to people because they've made themselves really hateable and like the climate that we're in. I think that all is fascinating to me. I think it's fascinating seeing all of like the private jet discourse and what responsibility lies in the individual and how people are like, it's just an individual. We're talking about a whole system. Like, how can you blame the individual? And it's like, shut up. Because it's not the same as like an individual like you or I. We're talking about like Taylor Swift, you know, who was it was, yeah. it was exposed as being like the number one. Like, her yeah, because they said, oh, Kylie's not even in the top 10. Taylor Swift is the number one person that has like flies their private jet everywhere. And then Taylor Swift's people came out and said, we we loan this jet out or rent this jet out. So which that's is it's so bad, which is yeah. that almost is arguably worse because you're just like profiting off of like destroying our environment. Like, I don't know. I think the reason that Kylie gets so much derision, der, derision, that's the right word, derision and Kim is because they flaunt their wealth. They flaunt their jets. Whereas like we've never really seen Taylor Swift like flaunt her jet or like really flaunt her we know that she's obviously one of the richest people like in the world i mean maybe not the world but like the country and um but she doesn't really flaunt it like the kardashians do so like she gets less well, yeah that's the it. thing you don't have instagram posts yeah. of my jet or yours like kylie did you know right, right. mine or yours yeah like, i think up. but see she that's what i was saying this i was like are you trying to look cool for like 13 year olds who think that's baller because I don't think it's cool. You don't think it's cool. I mean, even if you're like, who is that for when you're bragging I just about don't, private jets? Exactly. And I don't understand if you're trying to like sell products to the masses, you need to be likable. Like, because people know when they buy your products, they are lining your pockets. Like, it's just how you've made yourself very hateable. No wonder your brands are flopping. Like, it just, it doesn't surprise me. And I think that it's just not like the Kardashian brand isn't hitting like it used to. We're in a very different social economic climate. Um, and yeah, I just think it's like, it's very interesting to think about. And I also like work in marketing full time. So I think about these things. I think about like how mark, how these brands are marketing themselves. And um, yeah, so yeah. like. I don't know. I'm very fascinated by all that. Again, I wrote about it in my Substack. So, like, if that's interesting to you, go read it. But um, yeah, that's kind of what's fascinating me right now. I guess. Did you watch uh, Southern Charm this week? Um, yeah, I did, and it's like I told you, I just like binged, like rewatched all of the yeah. season. It was like reality TV gold, like very comparable to like early Vanderpump rule seasons when like Thomas Ravenel at his dinner party goes insane. It's like, we're not really getting that anymore. Um, I'm kind of bored so far this season. I really don't know what to think about Olivia. And I also heard that Rachel Lindsay on her podcast revealed that she heard from like a very credible source. I don't know. Again, this is like Rachel Lindsay is the girl Rachel from, the Bachelor? from the bachelorette okay. from the bachelorette. So she heard, and now I'm repeating what she heard. So like, this could just be like false information that's circulating. She said it's credible. 
But apparently Olivia's parents paid to get her on the show, which explains why her and Austin, there's like zero chemistry between Olivia and Austin. What is funny, Austin keeps bringing up Madison around. I mean, like, I even know that that's probably not the right move. And, uh, you know, and then we had the, of course, Shep Taylor big thing this week, too, where it's like, yeah, man, like Shep wants his cake and eating it, too. And then I saw I read something on Demois today that like Shep and Taylor were spotted at the fish concert on Friday with Austin, by the way. So, by the way, oh. Can you imagine, by the way, if anybody was at the fish concert on Friday and bumped into Madison and Austin and Taylor, please reach out to me. I would love to know what that scenario is like, because my thought was like, they're still broken up and Shep and, and Austin were there to have a boys weekend seeing fish, you know, like trying Austin to keep loves going fishing. He loves he, it. Uh, Shep said one time uh, Austin went to, I think it was like 15 fish shows in a row. Which I'm just like, that's that's wild, man. Good, good for him. But I, but yeah, like it's a weird Southern Charm is really weird because it's trying to like face these issues with like Vanita and like these really act like Catherine leaving monkey emojis and things like this. It's like really, and then you have that interspersed with like the bad boys club of guys just wanting to go out and hook up with girls and stuff. So it's like really weirdly weighted for me because you deal with these really real issues. And then this, these issues since we've seen since season one of good old boys wanting to go out and hook up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really just, uh, you're right. It's like just too many things going on, but also at the same time, like nothing is going on. Um, I will say that I do want to try Austin's mom's egg salad. Oh, yeah. I mean, the food they had at Austin's parents, I, she looks like she makes a nice ham. There was like a nice turkey thing happening. I do want nice that sandwiches. Egg salad. I really do. Yeah, no, it looked it looked truly amazing. Um, Britney Spears book is supposedly postponed due to a paper shortage. And then I had people reach out from these book companies saying there truly is a paper shortage because I thought this was just a really weird excuse. But supposedly there like is a, a paper shortage. Callaway type excuse. That's what I kind of thought. I was like, this doesn't even sound. How is there a paper shortage? Like how is like I went to Staples the other day. There's tons of paper like and it I turns would- out. I was reading that, like, the fact that she's expected to sell so many copies, like, if it wasn't Britney Spears, they probably could just be like, okay, yeah, but she's going to sell so many copies that they actually do need probably more paper than there's ever been papered. who do you think would be the ghostwriter for the Britney Spears book? Like, how do you learn to rewrite in that kind of, like, nonstop you know, just prose. Like, it, like there's no sentences. Like, will she write like her Instagram writing? You know? I think it'll probably have, like, the same voice and how she talks, but it'll just be, like, cleaned up a little bit. And, like, not as many emojis, maybe some emojis. And, <laughs> yeah, just cleaned up. But I can see how a ghostwriter would be able to, like, capture her voice because she does have a very distinct voice on Instagram. Um, we have like, actually, this is really affects me and you, uh, especially your second season of your podcast. Unfortunately, g- game's over for us because two people are putting their, 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 their mics in the ring that They're I think it really on the mic. Now these are two people that are putting their clits on the mic. Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright have announced 
that finally, this has been in the works for a while. This is finally the big, one of the big secret projects he's been teasing for years and years now is they are starting a podcast, you guys. And I am all, I'm, I'm wishing them well. He says it's going to be a, about a lot of stuff. He says there's going to be some, you know, stuff about Vanderpump and their lives, but also cool about stuff. parenting. Real stuff. Yeah, cool stuff, slick stuff, raw stuff. I mean, tr- I, I truly, I have to say, I am weirdly, like, I don't listen to reality show podcasts anymore, but, like, I would definitely listen to a Jax podcast because I miss some of the stupid shit that guy used to say. And, like, he still manages to say stupid shit on his Instagram. Like, people will send me stuff all the time. So I want to hear, the only thing that I'm bummed out about is that Britney's going to be a part of it because... Britney will be the safety net. And I want to take away that safety net. Guys, the way that Jax Taylor, I guess, like when he was announcing it, they were like, so what's it going to be about? He was like, you know, we're just going to have like a broad range of topics. Yeah. And then he was like, so like what kind of guests? And he was like, we're just going to have like a variety God. of guests. Like he has no idea what it's going to be about. And it's giving social media hockey job in Florida. <laughs> like he has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Well, and it's I- so funny. I didn't if think it's so funny. For, well, if it like, ever happens. Well, that that's the other thing. Cause I made a point on the uh, Patreon this weekend that I was talking about like Jax Taylor has t- remember he got fired from Vanderpump rules years ago, multiple years ago. And he has been teasing a TV project. Remember he had like one uh, where he held up a HGTV mug and he's like yeah. big project coming soon. And there was that rumor that probably he sent into Demois about him and Brittany having uh, a show on Peacock and all of these things. But now this is the big, like he could actually get a podcast. That's conceivable because people like me will listen to it just, and he sees all of his Vanderpump friends having podcasts. Like Ariana just got a podcast. Katie has one. Sheena has one. And so he wants, and Stassi of course has one. And he wants in on that podcasting gold now, I think, you know, not realizing that that's not it. I keep thinking about all of his like cameos where he was like, I really miss you guys. I don't miss the show. Like I'm a dad now. So like, I don't really have drama in my life anymore, but like, I have a lot of big, exciting projects coming up and, you know, we're just going to keep you posted. Lots of exciting stuff going on. So stay tuned. And he's always bringing up his manager. He's like working on some details with my manager. Working on. Yeah. um, Well, and the other, somebody sent me this saying like he was doing like an IG live or something and he was driving. He goes, Oh, I hate this Hollywood traffic bumper to bumper. And you could see in his sunglasses that there was no traffic at all. (laughs) It's like this guy cannot for the life of him, not lie about something. So you want that on a button. He keeps finding like little things to complain about LA. So like, you know, he can be like, yeah, we're going to move to like Florida, Kentucky, but it's actually because like they can't afford their house anymore. Well, there is that part of me that's like, you know, you might have saved all of your Vanderpump Rules money, but I want to point out reality show pays a lot differently than other forms of media. And it's not like, you know, if you live a large lifestyle and I know he says he has all these other job, you know, he's doing all these other things. There's a lot great. of exciting projects. Yeah. He's he's a slumlord, I think. And he sells like audio equipment. He said I mean, he had like a hash company. He had a lot of his hands in a lot of things. But at a certain point, that money does have to run out because you know, I see them at all these events dressing nice and, you know, it, it does have to run out at a certain point and he's not legitimately had a job that we know of. By the way, we need to check if Jax Taylor has a LinkedIn. 
Oh my God. I wonder if it's under Jax Taylor or Jason Couchy. But also, didn't we just have this conversation where we were talking, wasn't this last week we were talking about how like the Southern charm guys, like you have to kind of capitalize on your like yeah. reality TV, like build a business while you have a platform and you can like promote it on the platform. Their beer cheese honestly could have been like a thing. But remember how- Britney Yes, I would have bought one. He was like, I'll make the beer cheese and you do like the business stuff. And he was like, he was like, okay. And then he was like, so like, what do I do? Well, that's, that's the thing is that like, <laughs> I would totally, that's like the thing I struggle with myself is that I don't want to give these people opportunities in a platform, but at the same time, I would kill to see how that house really operates. Like I would kill to see how it like, not the Instagram version of it, how it really operates because he's still getting like people mad all the time. Stassi got into a fight with Brittany. There's real oh, shit wow. going on there that I would legitimately like to see. Also, I think Sheena, by the way, people keep sending me clips of Sheena's podcast. Sheena has start, sure stirred up a lot of shit these last couple of weeks because Schwartz was on there talking about making out with a girl. And then- Katie was on there saying that she's been crying for like three days or something. And I think that I have a theory that, cause I'm like, why are they able to talk about this when they're actively filming a season? And my theory is that Sheena's storyline will be that she's like a TMZ style podcaster. And she's like the one stirring up the, like, she's like the Howard Stern of Vanderpump rules because when I saw that opening, like when I went to serve for the like first night of filming, I saw DJ James Kennedy yell like, I didn't want to be on your podcast, Sheeta. Come on. So I'm like wondering if her storyline is just that she's a big podcaster. Wow. Sounds thrilling. But yeah, I thought that was, I didn't listen to it, but yeah, I heard about like the Raquel Schwartz thing and I was like, well, that's kind of like fucked up. Here I go again using the <laughs> But like it's kind of fucked up. Like you're trying to like hook Raquel and and Schwartz up when like he's just recently divorced from like your friend Katie your castmate your coworker. like I just like don't understand the dynamics right now so like imagine it your job imagine it but imagine it your job where if they like on top of it started being like we're going as part of your job we're going to really get into your personal life we're going to fully get into your personal life and we want to know who you're dating. We want to suggest you date other people. We want to bring in people from your past to like, like imagine if they brought in like an ex from high school and just had them show up on your lunch break at work. Like that's what Vanderpump or that's what all reality shows kind of like bank on is that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like, like imagine just getting paid to just like be yourself and like get glam and stuff like that. And then I'm like, actually, Never mind, because that's the kind of shit you have to just exploit your entire life. Like, no. Well, no. I was watching DiCaprio seems like he's on like a month long yacht trip right now. And I was looking at photos of him on Daily Mail and I was like, wow, he's like he looked like he doesn't have like the dad bod that he usually does. And then I was like, what a stupid thought I just had. Like, I'm actually actively like recognizing Leonardo DiCaprio's body year to year where I'm like, wow, he looks like he's got some ab definition there. Like, that's insane. Yeah, like, that sucks. Like, when you're, like, a private citizen like us. Yes. By the way, it would the, I would legitimately hurt myself if I ever saw somebody post a photo of me in a bathing suit. Like, it'd be game over. Like, I would never yeah. go outside again. I can't even imagine, honestly. Like, is it worth it? Like, no. yes, make good money, but no, not worth it. 
uh, as we start winding down here, Sydney Sweeney talked about uh, in an interview that right now, uh, you know, she didn't get paid much for Euphoria and she could not afford to even take a six month break from acting if she didn't want to, because she could not afford the lifestyle. And I wanted to know if you thought this was completely ridiculous and boohoo, or if you thought, you know, like, Oh, that actually is interesting. Cause I went both ways with it. Uh, I read it. I was like, Oh, and then I was like, wait a sec. Why would you even take a six month? Like this is your time. And by the way, you're going to infinitely make more and more every project you do. So I shouldn't really have to feel bad for Sydney Sweeney. Okay, first of all, you can't walk down the street in New York City without seeing a, a campaign with Sydney Sweeney's face on some like bus station like thing or like on a billboard. Like Sydney Sweeney is the face of like so many things right now. So I don't believe that. Second of all, no one in this country, 99.9% of people in this country can't afford to take three weeks off of work yes, alone yeah. six months. Like, I don't feel bad for you. I was like, like who do you up. think is taking six like, months off? Yeah. Everyone's like, pay the woman. And I was like, why do you guys feel bad for Sydney Sweeney? Like I don't, it's, she just bought a $3 million house. I think that her lifestyle is probably exorbitantly expensive and she has to keep up with it. But like, I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> Sorry. And I like Sydney Sweeney, but like, I do not. No, I do too. I think she's so fucking talented. And also because she was making out like, oh, I have to pay makeup, hair people and all that. I'm like, dude, you're also naturally beautiful. Maybe cut back on the hair and makeup people like you. you Okay, Erica Jane. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, did you watch? Wait, did you watch this week's? Um, yes. What did you think of? First off, Asher, what a voice, right? What a what a talent, a singularly talented person. Oh, what? holy what night. And she, and did you what? like when he told her, he was like, girl, get out of here, girl, girl, get out of here to Erica. Girl, he girl, was like, you oh, get out of here. He was like, girl, you look amazing. Dude, he was like, well, also, if you were at a party like that and somebody started singing holy night all sexy like that, would you be able to keep a straight face? Like, and this is even before oh. Erica jumps in. This is Erica jumps in and it gets even more ridiculous. But even that, I, I feel like these rich people, they get like all wined and dined and they're all like, of course you would cry when you're like, oh my God, look at my life. It's so amazing. But to me, I was like, this song should not be saying this sexily, you know? I saw a tweet that was like, David Foster would have like gotten her ass out of there. Like I miss David Foster sometimes for that. Well, reason. there are points that like he did provide such, there is those episodes where he would get upset if somebody was requesting a certain song like his Malibu mansion where he would get I mean also just the audacity and the balls that it's like gather around while I sing this ditty for you and Erica Jane then on top of it just added like the icing on top of it of like fall on your knees and but couldn't hit the note like she was like ah because she's not a vocalist Erica Jane the character is not a vocalist She's a she should have gotten up and put her clit on the mic like you, you know, that's what she does. She like I feel like she's trying so hard to make her storyline about her having alcohol issues. So she gets like viewer sympathy and then she can like kind of deflect from all the other shit going on. Like, oh, I feel like she's being purposefully outrageous. And um. Yeah, I just like can't I can't deal with her. In the new did we talk about the 50 million dollar lawsuit? No, no. 
No, I mean, well, she was served. I mean, sir, she was served last Monday, right? Or that's when we got the footage of it yeah. was Monday. And she um, like yanked the papers. She is going to be dealing with this for the rest of her life. And yes. even if she doesn't ever get charged with anything, which I find that hard to believe, I think eventually she will get charged with something and that she will be actually in legal trouble, not just like civil like lawsuits and stuff like that. Either way, her life freaking sucks. Like she's gonna be dealing with this forever. She's never gonna a be thousand able, percent. Like, she's never gonna be able to like pay anything off or ever live a lifestyle that like she once lived. And like that's honestly, it's not good enough for me and it's not good enough for the victims, but like it'll do for now. Well, so like, the, thing, life, the thing that I was the thing that I wanted to see what you thought, like what I had said on Friday's show is that I was like, you know, that that moment where she was like. You tell Paris and Nikki that I'm sorry. I couldn't do my scarlet letter on that wedding, that beautiful wedding. And it's like, that apology is what the victim should be getting. Like, I'm sorry for my husband, you guys. I'm sorry. Like, that was uh, what I believe is is drunken, but it was true emotion. Because she teared up. You got, I've never seen somebody so sorry. So some for something so little, like, people say no to weddings all the time, folks. It happens. But that's the kind of emotion and, like, no, listen to me. Listen to me. I wanted that to like the victims. And I don't, I know what you're saying. Like, oh, she's not been proven, but you can also apologize for your husband who you represent as well and who represents you. And so like you, that to me is like what we're not getting from Erica. If she did that, I would actually have sympathy for this woman because it really is a huge fall from grace, but she just cares about fucking Paris and Nikki Hilton. Nikki Hilton didn't even get married to Paris. Paris and Nikki are like, who is that? Like, yeah. she wasn't even invited. That's but the like, scene that I want to see is like Kathy explaining to Paris who the F Erica yeah. Jane is. I also just read another article that like, apparently there's another piece of jewelry like worth six figures that Erica Jane like did not want to give up. And it's like, how hard is it? If you know, say that hypothetically, Erica Jane had no idea what her husband was doing. No idea what's going on. So like, hypothetically because i don't believe that's true but like for argument's sake how hard would it be if you actually knew that these victims whose money that they were owed went to your wardrobe and jewelry budget instead how hard is it to just be like wow like they've been through a lot they they actually need this money i don't need these earrings like she can't even do that like she is literally the scum Dude. of the earth and i don't understand how people are still defending her like I well, that's that's the thing is that people are then so it's almost then they become so prideful about defending her that they don't even have logic anymore and the other thing they, so the judge sure. ruled that she has to give back those earrings you guys she spent more money through her lawyers to fight that ruling like she, she paid, this is just this last two weeks. She said, no, I, I still think I would need those earrings. Like imagine like, spending imagine money. That. That. Imagine, imagine how evil and soulless you have to be to know what these people went through. And you're like, no, I need these a hundred thousand. They're definitely more than that. I need these earrings more than they do more than I they it's, need. It's money ego. It's like, crap. she's not. It's like, and, th- and this is why I always compare, like, this is why also I think kind of badly about Lisa Renna, because by the way, when she got served on Monday, they were coming back from Diana Jenkins, uh, Hawaii beachfront mansion. Oh and God. she was with Rena when she got served. And I, to me, I'm like, Rena, Diana and Erica seem like birds of a feather to me. Like this just seems very, very the same and not, not potentially great people. Like rich people live a whole different lifestyle or you get your ass kissed because you are rich. 
Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I wonder why Rena and Erica Jane are sucking up to Diana. Hmm. Hmm. Like they're the two brokest ones on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, of course they want to befriend like the ridiculously wealthy new girl that everyone else doesn't like. Like, of course they that's why I mean, see, that's how it comes off to me. And I don't like to me, it just comes off as like kids like at Diana Jenkins, like to me. It's fun, like there's some funny elements. If you start looking at Diana's life, it's a really wild ride. And exactly what I had said a couple of weeks ago that I knew we were going to see a live performance from Asher because Diana Jenkins has D Entertainment and that's who that's the record company that she created for Asher to release his music through. And it is like, this is why oh I think she God. potentially did this. Uh, but regardless, it's just ridiculous. And that's why it's hard to ever feel sympathy for these people because I feel like they think they're getting one up on us. Uh, rather, and that's why Sutton I kind of like because Sutton says tons of stupid shit, but at the same time, Sutton is kind of just unapologetically who she is. She says stupid shit, but then she kind of at least makes an attempt to learn from it. I'm thinking about the crystal uh thing and how she uh, you know, like she admits that she is faulty in many ways. And I just think that's not ever what we get from Reno or Erica or any of those people. Right, right. Um, Say what you will say what you will about anyone else on that cast. But like, I truly think that Rinna and Erica and like sometimes Kyle are pure evil. And there's just (laughs) seriously. Yeah. Pure, unadulterated evil. I think Rinna and Erica too. Well, dude, that's... um, I mean, we, I don't, but like Alexander Wang, Rena has been advertising for Alexander Wang shapewear. And I like some people were sending me articles about Alexander Wang. This designer had a huge fall from grace. I didn't realize he was accused of, uh, oh, yeah. of uh, trigger warning here. You guys of raping underage boys and like he, Anna Wintour, I guess was like women, trans women also. And now he's trying to make this comeback and Lisa Rinna is the face of it. And it's like, how did Rinna, like literally, like, this is what I don't get. This is like, these are allegations that go back a couple years now and you're going to be the face of that. Like this guy, like, I don't know. Like that was, that's kind of gross. Like, I know you want to be a part of something, but like, come on, sell your depends and shit or your Rose that you're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's coming up this week? Uh, so much sense. It makes so much sense. Oh, did you watch the rehearsal on Friday? Um, no, I haven't watched the watch new it, one yet. Watch it tonight. I, it's I so good. To. I need uh, to. What's coming up this week for you? Anything to uh, keep an eye out for? Um, no, just same old, you know, living the dream, living the dream. Don't, don't, uh, click on anything weird this week in your DMs. I know you guys, I know. And if you are listening to this and if you're one of the people that I like spammed, on Twitter. <laughs> so winter, so if you're listening, did you get, did you hit Winter Mitchell? Did that? No, did but we, that would have been funny. She would have been one where it would have been funny because I love winter. She would have known right away. Wait, did any Bravo, did any Bravo Lebs get spammed? Um, no, but like there, there were a bunch of people that were like really confused by it. They were like, what, what is this? And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so happy. I'm not verified because I would have, I would have like clicked on something to like try to help you out. And I would have been completely like, yeah, man, what do you need? You would have. Um, 
fully and you that. guys, if you have BBC or whatever, uh, go go watch that because I actually that is so right up my alley. So I'm super excited to watch that documentary. Uh, the Substack you can subscribe to uh, each week. There is a new article and there's like all cool stuff. You can super follow on Twitter and the podcast is called So True with Sophie Ross. I believe the second uh, season will start sometime in August, and, uh, yes. and that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. And she, by the way, those aren't, those aren't laundry. That's the, those are blankets. It's you guys. a blanket. Huh. <laughs> Betches.